This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, American Sex, with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. So, Ken, guess what's happening to my mouth? <laughs> I like this game, but I don't know. <laughs> You're not going to like this game once I tell you. What? I think my teeth are falling out. <laughs> It sounds like a horrible dream. You ever had dreams where your teeth are falling out and you're like, ah, no, uh, no, I don't. Okay. So for, for those listening who are like, what the fuck? All right. I have two fake front teeth and one of them just completely died. So I have this, is it a bridge? Is the that bridge, what it's called? It's yeah. a bridge. So I kind of, without this temporary bridge, I'm going to get the new one in a couple of weeks without this temporary bridge. I kind of look like a pumpkin because my one front tooth is missing. The front tooth next to it, that's a fake tooth, but it's in there good. They whittled it down to a point, like a really, like you would not want a blowjob from my mouth. And then they whittled the tooth next to it down to like a little point. And then they put a three tooth piece on it and the whole thing is starting to fall out. I have a dentist appointment on Thursday and I'm afraid I'm not going to make it, Ken. It's going to fall out. I hope that that doesn't happen. I do too. (laughs) Although that really wouldn't affect me wanting to get a blowjob. Like, did you ever see the Dark Crystal? So long ago, I can barely remember. Do you remember Agra, the mean witch that had the giant boobs? Kind of, yeah, yeah. That was hot for me back in the day. Like, she had really? giant titties. You yeah, would like, let me blow you with pointy, like, they are pointy. They are I pointier than stiletto nails. I think like, you'd be careful. I have an extra small mouth, Ken. Ooh, edge play blowjob. I like this. I wouldn't be beyond it. I wouldn't say that's a uh, hard no. Ooh, it might be a sharp no, though. <laughs> might be a sharp, <laughs> <Or> sharp yes. <laughs> Well, hi, everyone. I'm Ken Melvoinberg. And I'm Sunny. Maybe I look like a jack-o'-lantern before Thursday Megatron. (laughs) And welcome to episode 70 of American Sex Podcast. (laughs) You know what? Much better than 69-ing with that kind of teeth. Oh, well, I mean, it would still be a blowjob. A little bit of distraction. Oh, I get distracted. Yeah. 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 So American fuckers, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen because the 69 episode is so good. But this week, we're taking a departure from our regular format. We're going to have a little, I don't know, fireside chat of sorts about sex toys. Well, why? Because y'all keep asking me. I get messages all the time like, what sex toys best is? What's better? Womanizer satisfied? What, what do I get? What gift do I get for my partner? Da, 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 da. So, and the thing that really clinched it for me was I've been looking at the responses to the listener survey that you all have been doing, and an overwhelming number of you responded that you really dig our sex toy conversations and you want more of them. So, you got it. And I'm, we're going to be talking about sex toys for vulvas and vaginas. So, this week's guest is me. 
So I guess that means that I'm going to be reading your bio as though you were one of our regular guests. Oh, it's like the shoe on the other foot or something. Sunny Megatron is a sexuality educator, sex and relationship writer, media personality, YouTuber, and sex toy expert. She co-hosts and produced American Sex Podcast along with her amazing husband, Ken Melvoinberg, and also is the host and executive producer of the Showtime original television series, Sex with Sunny Megatron. Her work has been featured in Cosmo, Playboy, Jezebel, BuzzFeed, CNN, Refinery29, Playgirl Magazine, and much, much more. A three-time nominee for X-Biz Sexpert of the Year, she's also been voted Kinkly Sex Blogging Superhero of 2017 and named one of the six most savvy sexologists in North America. Sunny's passion is helping people become their authentic sexual selves by learning to overcome shame and shed inhibitions. She also has the most awesome, amazing, and handsome husband, co-educator, co-host, and co-everything in the universe, and her personal emotional therapy human, Ken Melvin Berg. Ah, what a great intro, Ken. <laughs> so this episode, I'm, I'm really excited. So as I said, I'm focusing mainly on sex toys for vulvas and vaginas, although a lot of what I talk about can be used on any type of body. So if you have that kind of anatomy or you have partners with that kind of anatomy, you're going to want to pay very close attention to this episode. It is jam-packed with very usable info that you need when deciding what sex toys are best for you. So just a little bit of what I cover. I clear up some sex toy myths. I tell you how to figure out how your body responds to pleasure and map up your pleasure response to the right sex toy. I even reveal which dildo came out on top in our blind taste test, I guess, of sorts, kind of like how they did the Pepsi Coke challenge, but it was the dildo challenge. This, Oh, this is great. So we got a whole bunch of people together. We had people with vaginas, people with prostates, and a bunch of different dildos we were testing. And we didn't show them which dildo. We were like, this is dildo A. This is dildo B. This is a and then we fucked them all with, the, you know, clean them, use condoms and stuff. We fucked them all with the dildos. And then we took like a, a, a survey of dildo A, dildo B, whatever. Feel better? There is one dildo that came out on top for both pegging and vaginal penetration. So I'm going to tell you what that one is. It can be like the Highlander. There can be only one. There can be only one. <laughs> totally. Really good. But anyway, there are so many gems jam packed in this episode. You're going to want to take notes, but no worries if you don't, because everything I talk about is going to be in the show notes at americansexpodcast.com. And hey, one more thing if you have any more questions about anything I talk about in this episode, hop on over to our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash American Sex Podcast, where I have created a discussion thread specifically for this episode and any sex toy you wish to talk about. Speaking of sex toys and that listener survey, American fuckers, do you want to win a WeVibe Discover gift box and other goodies valued at $350? You can by taking our pleasure podcast listener survey. It will take no more than five minutes to fill out. And once you do, you can opt in to win this amazing sex toy gift package. You'll find the survey at bit.ly slash American sex survey. That address will be in our show notes for episode 70 at americansexpodcast.com. Winner will be randomly drawn the last week of December. Good luck, American fuckers. 
Okay, American fuckers, are you ready to dive into a big pile of pleasure anatomy secrets and sex toys? Are you ready? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go. Boom. Well, hey, American fuckers. This is kind of weird and different. Not only is there no guest, well, there is a guest. I'm your guest, which is strange, but whatever. There's a reason that we've interrupted our regularly scheduled interviews for this episode. I frequently get questions about, you know, what's the best sex toy for this? Or I've never had a sex toy. I'm picking my first one. Or, you know, what are toxic materials? What's safe for my body? Yada, yada. So now that the holidays are upon us, those normal questions that I get on a rotating basis have been kicked into high gear. It's not only shopping season, it is discounts galore season. And if you're in the pleasure products industry, like if you're a retailer, you know that Black Friday kicks off this hectic time that goes straight through Valentine's Day. This is the time of year where everybody is buying sex toys. So yeah, I decided to take a week to give you an impromptu sort of sex toys 101 specifically for vulvas and vaginas. Those are usually the questions I get the most. Also, you know, I've got a vagina, so I can answer those questions. And also, when it comes to sex toys, although there are sex toys for penises out there, the vast majority are for vulvas and vaginas. And there's so many out there that is really, really confusing. So I'm going to start from the point of view of a sex toy newbie. Now, that's not to say if you're not a sex toy newbie, this isn't going to help you because even if you're like, oh yeah, sex toys, I got that, you're going to get some good information here. And if you don't have a vulva or vagina, but you have a partner that does, and you want to either go shopping with them for stuff that you can use together, or maybe even look at buying a gift, this is going to help you too. Okay, so before I get into the nitty gritty, I'm going to assume that most of you who listen to my podcast, if you're not sex toy users, you're probably on board with the idea of using them one day. But some of you might still buy into the myths that we all carry around and we all believe that prevent us from really exploring our options when it comes to pleasure products. So one of the things that a lot of people believe is using a vibrator specifically will lead to a a permanent loss of sensitivity. That is absolutely not true. Granted, can it lead to a temporary loss of sensitivity? Sure, absolutely. Um, If you use a very high powered vibrator, you can feel sometimes like, wow, I've been using it so long, I feel like I'm a little numb, or I feel tingly. But it's kind of akin to, I don't know, if you're leaning on the couch on your elbow a certain way, and you stay that way too long, you start to get pins and needles in your arm or starts to fall asleep or gets numb, that sort of thing. But then you get up and you move your arm around and you rub it out a little bit. And then you're fine 10 or 15 minutes later. It's the same sort of thing with our genitals. So even though it might feel like it leads to a loss of sensitivity, that could be what's going on. Another thing that could be going on is 
Our genitals have muscle memory. If you get off the same way time and time again, let's say you have one vibrator and you use it all the time, use it in the same exact way, that's all you ever do. Yeah, your body's going to get used to it and it gets a little bit harder to get off. But again, it's not a permanent thing. Get a different toy, masturbate a different way, go back to your hands for a week, and then you'll find that muscle memory will sort of be forgotten and your body will go back to responding the way it used to, maybe with stronger orgasms or quicker after you've changed it up a little bit. Another myth is that sex toys are only for solo masturbation, that you, if you have a partner, you don't need a toy or, you know, you only fall back on toys if you don't have the real thing because the real thing is better. That's a bunch of crap. All of it's a bunch of crap. They're great for solo masturbation. They're great for partnered play. They're great at orgies. They're not better than your partner, but your partner necessarily isn't better than toys. There's really not a competition. It's not better or worse. Sex toys are tools that can give you more variety during sex and make things more fun. That's it. Another thing people think, if I use a toy with my partner, it's going to make the times we have sex without one less satisfying. And besides, aren't toys only good for people who aren't good at sex? Nope, not at all. Again, it's a tool that can give you more variety that, yeah, can maybe might make things feel better. And that's okay. You know, if you have a nail and your job is to hammer it into a board And are you going to use your hand because it's natural or are you going to use a hammer because it gets the job done, right? Um, It's no bearing on how good you are of a lover or as a person. You don't vibrate. (laughs) So use the toys and have fun. And another big myth that we're going to tackle right now is the same types of toys work for everybody. So people usually come to me and go, what's the best sex toy or what's better? womanizer or satisfier? What's better, this or that? And while granted, yes, there are some toys that consistently tend to knock it out of the park for most people that use them. There's still no one holy grail toy that's best for everyone. Same goes for toys that aren't so great. Yeah, there's some real losers out there that have some serious like mechanical defects or they're just bad. But the majority of toys kind of fall somewhere in between. Maybe a toy for someone, they can say, wow, the vibrations are so weak. But maybe there's another person that's a little bit more sensitive and those vibrations are great for them. So again, it's super subjective. We're just going to get straight down to the nitty gritty, right? What toy do you buy? What type of toy is best for you? I just got a message on Instagram. I actually posted this on Instagram, like, hey, who has sex toy questions? And one of the questions was, hey, you know, I really want to get a clitoral stimulator, but I've never used one before. I have no idea where to start. How do I know, you know, what features are best for me? How how do I know what I'm going to like? So this is where we're going to start. When it comes to picking out a sex toy that's going to suit you, if you have a vulva or a vagina, you have to determine a bunch of different things about yourself first and then match those things up with the features of whatever toy you're looking at has. So number one, ask yourself, do you prefer clitoral stimulation or do you prefer penetration? This is 
widely going to dictate what type of toy you buy. Are you going to get a dildo? Are you going to get some sort of insertable? Or are you going to get one of those little, you know, palm-sized external vibrators? So that's a that's a huge distinction. And it's one that people a lot of times don't think of because the vast majority of people with vulvas get off on clitoral stimulation. I want to say the statistic is 70% need some sort of clitoral stimulation to get off. But yeah, even though that's the majority, what about the other 30%? There are some people where they're like, you know what? Clit stimulation just doesn't do it for me. I'm more of a penetration kind of person. And that's perfectly fine. But when it comes to sex toys, because so many are geared towards clitoral stimulation, if you're one of those penetration people, you may not even realize it or you may feel like you've been looked over by the pleasure products industry. So really give that a good think about what you really do like. So let's say you're like, no, I'm I'm the 70%. I'm one of those clit stim people. That's what I like. Well, there's a lot of other things because no two clit stims are the same. First thing you want to ask yourself when you are stimulating yourself, do you prefer broad surface area stimulation or do you like very pinpointed stimulation? If you already use vibrators, this might be relatively easy to figure out. So, wide surface area stimulation is something that's going to cover your entire clitoris and also the surrounding tissue. You know, it could even be virtually your entire labia area. If you're familiar with toys, that might be one of those, you know, wand vibrators with a really wide head. When you like vibration or stimulation, you like everything being stimulated down there. Um, and if you if you are normally used to masturbating with your hands, do you put maybe a number of fingers down and and rub with, you know, two, three fingers in a wider area. Let's say you do in a circle, it's, you know, wide circle or whatnot versus pinpoint. So pinpoint is, and this is me, pinpoint is you have to find that one spot on my clitoris that's like a millimeter wide. You have to find that one spot and you have to just stimulate it. So if you use sex toys, you know, it's like usually a sex toy that comes to a point or that has an edge or something where you can find that one area. Usually you're someone who may spread your labia open, pull back your clitoral hood, find that one spot and just go to town on that one spot. If you masturbate with fingers, it could be um, like I used to do my fingernail. I used to do like a little fingernail flick on one spot. Um, Usually it's one finger, like two fingers. That's too wide of a surface area. So knowing what you like in that respect is really important when you're looking for the shape of an external vibrator that you're going to buy. So now you like clit stim. We're still there. Do you like lots of intensity? Do you like just a little bit of intensity? Are you sensitive or not? Do you pull the clitoral hood back and go straight for your clit? Or is it you only touch the clit every once in a blue moon when you're really worked up because usually it's way too sensitive? That's important too, because a lot of people are like, oh, when I go after a vibrator, I want the most powerful thing ever. Well, why if you're really sensitive? Not everyone likes the most powerful thing ever. So that's something to keep in mind too. Now, here's another one. 
This one's going to make you think a little bit and might be sort of confusing, but stick with me. Ask yourself if you prefer rumbly or buzzy vibrations. All right. If you're like, what what the fuck is rumbly or buzzy? I'm telling you, I've been reviewing sex toys for eight years, seven years, something a long time. And it took me a minute to wrap my head around like rumbly versus buzzy. All right. Now, if you read some of the um, popular sex bloggers, you know, like Epiphora, Dangerous Lily, they're both awesome reviewers. I would highly recommend if you're looking for a certain toy, search their websites and, and find out if they've reviewed one of their toys. But a lot of the sex bloggers and sex toy reviewers talk about rumbly and buzzy a lot. And usually you will hear them portray rumbly vibrations as better, sometimes more superior, uh, what people like more, that sort of thing. And I think that personally, I was confused between rumbly and buzzy because it turns out I really like buzzy vibrations, which apparently... It's not really the norm, but that's what I like. So let me explain, because you're probably like, what the fuck is rumbly versus buzzy? If you've tried a vibrator, you probably have felt buzzy. This is what most vibrators feel like. It tends to be also what the more less expensive vibrators feel like as well. So this means when, let's say you're putting a vibrator on your clit, or you're putting it anyway, let's say you're putting it on your thigh, like it doesn't matter. The vibrations are going to be concentrated near the surface area of wherever the vibrator is coming in contact with you. They don't penetrate into your tissue very deeply. It's sort of a very superficial sort of buzz. For some people, it almost makes the skin feel sort of tickly. Others, after a while, will start to feel that numb feeling like, you know, whatever they're vibrating is starting to fall asleep. So these vibrations from a buzzy vibrator, they basically don't penetrate your tissue as deeply into your body. Instead, they only seem to radiate a few millimeters into the skin, if you can imagine that sort of visually what the vibrations would feel like. Also, the sounds of these toys, when you listen to the bzzz, they tend to be a little bit higher pitched. A lot of people that prefer buzzy vibrations, like me, sometimes tend to do so because the sensation is delivered to a small concentrated area. Like, look at me. I like very pinpointed, very precise stimulation. And so for me, buzzy tends to go hand in hand with that. So now let me explain rumbly now that you have a handle on buzzy. Rumbly vibrations are at the complete other end of the spectrum. These are vibrations. Let's say, again, you have a vibrator against your thigh, right? Like a muscle massager. These are vibrations that are going to radiate deeply into your body, deeply into the surrounding tissue that it's touching. Like think of like rumbly vibrations being a penetrating deep tissue massage and buzzy being more of like a tickle or a stroke on the surface of your skin. Now, rumbly vibrators are more rare than their buzzy counterparts. So if you're like, 
I, I, I don't get the difference. Like, I, I don't get it. It very well could be that if you felt a vibrator before, you've only felt buzzy vibrators. So it's one of those things until you feel it, you may not really get it. There are all sorts of different vibrators, you know, some are rumbly, some are buzzy. I can tell you as a rule, toys that are made by the Fun Factory Company tend to be more rumbly. If you have a sex shop near you, this is what I would say is like, go in, be like, hey, I don't understand the difference between rumbly and buzzy toys. You have all of, usually they have display items. You know, you have all of these display items, all charged. Can I just feel some? Can you recommend, you know, here's a buzzy, here's a rumbly, put one in each hand and feel the difference. Then that might help you figure out like, oh, I get what they are. And I do have a preference for one or the other. So knowing that is going to dictate what you buy too. Now I'm going to give you a couple tips about clitoral anatomy here that is going to be helpful, whether you're the one flicking your own bean or you're flicking somebody else's bean. It's good information to know. Now, when we think of the clitoris, we think of that little thing, you know, the little bean that you flick. And that's really the tip of a very big iceberg. The average clitoris isn't just that little tiny bean that's, you know, what, quarter of an inch or whatever. It can be three inches or more because the majority of your clitoris actually lies underneath your skin, under your labia. Now, of course, this is only audio. It's not visual, but go hit Google. Type in internal clitoris and hit images and look, you're going to see this thing that's kind of like, I don't know, a wishbone with legs that's the internal clitoris. Study that anatomy diagram because it's really, really important. You know, those of us who like more wide surface area vibrations, we're stimulating the other parts of our clitoris that are underneath our skin. So whether you knew your clitoris was that big and all under there or not, well, if you know you like wide surface area, you subconsciously knew that, hey, you like all of that stimulated. Now, when it comes to pinpoint clitoral stimulation, those of us that can have stimulation right on our clit, on the head of our clit, the clitoral glands, the part that sticks out of the iceberg, little secret for you. All right. So are you a lefty or a righty? You know what I mean, right? You're like flicking your mane and there's one side that feels better than the other, right? I'm a left sider. So imagine my vulva is a video game controller. And you know, when you're about to like kill the big boss in the big boss fight, you hit the button for the finishing move. My button for my finishing move is on the left side of my clit. That is the spot. Well, it turns out there are two areas of the clitoris that are the most sensitive. So if you like someone, if you're with someone who likes a lot of stimulation, you want to hit these areas. But if you're with someone who's super sensitive, maybe you want to stay away from them. So just like when you're driving like 10 o'clock and two o'clock, right? That's where you're supposed to put your hands on the steering wheel. Well, hey, on the clitoris, let's say someone's laying in front of you, they're on their back and you're staring straight at their clit, right? Imagine it's a circle like a clock. And there's numbers on the clock. There's 12 up at the top, six o'clock up at the bottom, you know, three, nine, 10 o'clock and two o'clock on the right and left sides are the most sensitive areas. Now, unfortunately, you know, doctors, medical people, 
they don't really study vaginal anatomy, just in general, you know, what, what they call, quote, women's health is thrown out the window. This is why, you know, we have different heart attack symptoms, but nobody's really studied it. So we're having heart attacks and stuff. We're like, oh, we just have the indigestion. It's fine. Because we don't know our symptoms because nobody's studied it. Um, so you can think about vulva anatomy. <laughs> Not many people have studied that stuff. So why are those two areas most sensitive? The theory is there's a couple of nerves that feed in right at those points at 10 o'clock and two o'clock. And anecdotally, like no one's done a big study of like, oh, let's see what a clock on your clit is the most sensitive. This is all anecdotal, but it tends to be most people are two o'clock people. I'm a two o'clock person. And then the minority are 10 o'clock people. So I don't know. I look at it as like right-handed or left-handed. Like most people are right-handed, but some people are left-handed. Most people are two o'clockers, but some people are 10 o'clockers. So next time you're having some fun with yourself or with a partner that has a vulva, try the 10 o'clock and two o'clock thing to see if that helps. And especially that's going to be valuable for you, for you pinpointy folks. Anyway, so back to toys. Now that we know about the pinpointy versus wide surface area, you can think about what sort of shape you want. Those that like pinpointy stuff might be more apt to go for bullets, things with a point. One of my absolute favorite pinpointy toys is the Jimmy Jane Form 2. However, this is one of those toys that people either love it or they hate it. It is, it is on the buzzy side. So if you hate buzzy toys, Mm -mm. it's super duper strong. So if you if you don't like super duper strong, you might not like it. I like really strong pinpointy buzzy. So it is absolutely perfect for me. I've had a Jimmy Jane form too. For since I before I became a sex toy reviewer, it was one of my first like good luxury toys. It's rechargeable. It's silicone. It's it's a good quality toy. Um, so that's always for me personally, one of my top ones and it is still a bestseller. But again, there's no one good toy for everyone. If your body doesn't respond to that sort of thing, you're going to hate the Jimmy Jane form too. Now, I recently for Peep Show Toys did a comparison video for bullet vibrators. Some of these bullet vibrators have a little bit more of a point than others, but I had some favorites. Now, I did use like the Pillow Talk Flirty, the Vito Bam, the Vito Bam Mini. Those were okay. I wasn't such a huge fan of the Pillow Talk Flirty, but by the way, all of these, I'm doing like a quick drive-by right now. I did the video, so I'm going to leave a link to the video in the show notes, and I'm also going to leave a link to all of the toys that I talk about in this podcast in the show notes at americansexpodcast.com. Uh, the We Vibe Tango, this is another one of those classic toys that everybody loves. It is a um, harder plastic bullet, and it is, it's non-porous, and we're going to get to what all that means in a minute. It does have a bit of a point on it. So if you like that pinpointy sort of uh, vibration, you can get that with this. However, it also has a flathead, so you can just hold it a different way if you like a little bit wider surface area. This is a very rumbly toy. It's really hard to find a bullet, a very small toy that's rumbly. And this is what the V-Vibe Tango is known for. However, it is a little pricey. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Blush Novelties, though, just came out with one. God, and I don't remember the name of it, but I'm going to put in the show notes. It looks just like 
the We Vibe Tango. It's very similar. I have not used it. I have heard its rumbliness is not quite as rumbly, but pretty damn close. And it's, I want to say like half the cost or something close to that. It's it's a lot more affordable. So I'll, I'll put that in the show notes as well. The Femme Fun Ultra Bullet is one that I absolutely loved. And also the Screaming O Positive Remote Control Bullet. So not only is this an awesome bullet, it has a remote control on it, which leads to a whole new area of fun. And speaking of remote control, I have just really started using the toys by Love Ents, L-O-V-E-N-S-E. There's a whole bunch of toys now that are not only remote control, but you can hook up a cell phone app and control them from anywhere in the world. So if your partner is in Poland or something and you're in New York, you can play together. And I've used, uh, WeVibe has some toys that have a, a remote thing. Jeju has some toys that have a remote thing. They're okay. You know, I've had connectivity issues where I go to try to play with somebody with it. And it's like, we can't connect. And it's a huge pain in the ass. Um, the Lovence toys, not only do they vibrate like, oh my God, they're so powerful. I never have connectivity issues with my Love Ends toys. They make um, the Edge is a prostate toy. They have one that's more of just a standard butt plug. They have the Ambi. There, there's a bunch of them you know, that are like bullets that you can put on. They have the Domi. That's a wand. And they're all controllable via Bluetooth. Or you can use them the old-fashioned way, too. You don't have to use the Bluetooth control. But those are really cool. And you can also hook up with strangers and like have some anonymous fun and control their toy, which is cool. So I want to throw that out there. Those are fun. Okay, so another thing you Clitstim people have been sending me messages. I have gotten this week, I want to say three or four messages that are like, what's better, the womanizer or the satisfier? I need to know either for myself or I'm buying a gift for somebody, da 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 so let me tell you about these toys. These are clitoral air pulsators is the best name we can come up with for them. Basically, they feel like they suck you. It's almost like a little kind of suction cup that like sucks your clit in. However, most of them use, it's actually not really suction, but it's like air pulsing technology that feels like suction. And when the Womanizer, that was the first toy of its kind that came out, uh, which is a horrible name, but it's a bad foreign translation that made it called Womanizer, which ugh, I cringe at that name, but it's a great toy. People lost their shit. I think they had an orgasm guarantee that it was guaranteed to make you come in like 60 seconds or something ridiculous like that. And for some people, that's true. And for some people, that's not true. But, you know, it still took me, what, five minutes, which is pretty good, like, because it usually takes me longer, but they were five minutes of complete blitz. Let me tell you that. And since I've tried many different womanizer models, other brands have come out. Satisfier now makes similar air pulsing technology. Lalo also makes one called the Sona. I also did a video comparison on these. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can see all the nitty gritty and hear the details and I can show you the things on the different toys and vibrate them. But I'm going to give you the nutshell. The Womanizer and, you know, again, they have different models. Right now, the newest one is the Womanizer Classic, which I have. I've used it even though it, my video came out before this toy came out. It's great. I prefer the Womanizer toys just barely by a hair over the Satisfier toys. However, 
people are on budgets and the womanizer toys are more expensive. The satisfier toys are generally more reasonably priced and they are almost as, I mean, it's, it is to me very negligible that the, the quality or feeling difference. And again, there's no one. So some people might say, no, I prefer the satisfier. So just know they're really neck and neck. So if budget considerations are an issue. Don't feel like you're, oh, I'm getting the second rate thing because I got the satisfier. They're both really good. Now let's go to the Lilo Sona. Um, so <laughs> the Sona has very mixed reviews for good reason. When I first used the Sona, it hurt me, like hurt me. I was left sore. I thought I was bleeding. I was like, did it suck up my clit somehow and get it caught? Some Like it was not pretty. And I was sore for days. Like I couldn't, you know, I was like, I was like, do I have herpes? This is a herpes. I mean, it was like something was going on down there. And it was just, I got sore from the the toy. I don't know why. And I've since heard other people have had the same thing happen to them. There are other people, however, that are like, this is the fucking best thing ever. I love it. It's really strong. Like it was almost too strong for me and I like strong. So again, it's one of those love hate toys, but just know the hate for some people is like legit hurt, which uh, (laughs) I'm just throwing that out there. Like I personally wouldn't buy another one. However, that's not to say there are some people that have had great experiences with them, but it's like your mileage may vary and you might be one of those people that somehow gets sucked up in there. Some, I don't know what the hell happened, but just, just know that. But generally clitoral pulsators are great. I would say they're, they're good for non-partnered play because they're so intense and you have to position them in such a way where it's hard to move around. So I like to use them alone. Like there's just too much going on when I'm with somebody else. Uh, so keep that in mind. Hey friends, if you follow me on social media, you know that this year I've been really focusing on my health, you know, well checks, mammogram, colonoscopy, I did it all. And now I've shifted my focus to staying healthy and feeling my best every day. Turns out 90% of people fall short of FDA recommended guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient. I'm notoriously forgetful and can never stick to taking my daily vitamins. But I found this great service called Care Of... And they're taking care of that problem for me. Care-of is a vitamin subscription box service that's customized to my personal needs. And those vitamins are delivered straight to my door every month in individual daily packets. Here's how it works. I went to TakeCareOf.com and took their online quiz. They asked me about my diet, my health goals, my lifestyle choices, yada, yada. And in five minutes, they told me exactly what vitamins and supplements my body needs. And boom, now they're delivered to me every month in personalized packets with my name on them. They're so cute. And Careof even has an app that rewards me for remembering to take them every day. You know, I did Careof so much that I'm extending 25% off your first month of personalized Careof vitamins at TakeCareOf.com with code SUNNY. I want you to be happy, healthy, and living your best life every single day. And hey, if I finally found something that makes it easy for me to remember taking my vitamins, I know you can benefit from it too. So head on over to TakeCareOf.com and go get your 25% off your first month with code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y. Hey guys, this is Melody. And this is Erin. From the Heaving Bosoms Podcast. 
We're two long-distance BFFs, and every single week, we recap and review a new romance novel. We have recapped everything in the genre, so there's definitely something for you. We've got dukes, we've got vampires, we've got aliens, we've got billionaires, we've got pirates. Whatever you're into, we've got it. Yes. You can find us on all your favorite podcatchers, so keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you love happy endings. Bye. Bye. Hey, psst, did you know American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page? Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for National Public Radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash American Sex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American sex. And so there's one more category of toys I want to go over for external stimulation. And by the way, I just have to throw this out there. When I'm saying external stimulation, yeah, I'm talking about vulvas, but these toys can stimulate anything. They can stimulate penises and testicles and nipples and kneecaps. Like, you don't have to just use them on your vulva. Granted, the pulsator toys, like the womanizer toys, don't really feel good anywhere else. But everything else, you know, vibrate what feels good. So now we come to wand-style vibrators. You may be familiar with the infamous Hitachi Magic Wand that started out as a back massager, and really it's a clip massager. They're not called Hitachi anymore, by the way. Uh, the, the Hitachi name is gone. They're now made by a company called Vibratex, but they call them just the original magic wand. And they come in a corded version, which is the old-fashioned version, or now a cordless version, which I really like the cordless version. But there's a lot of other wand vibrators out there too. Again, I did a comparison video on wand vibrators. I will put it in the show notes, but I'll give you kind of the nitty gritty. The original magic wand, it's a classic. The, the Even the rechargeable one that's only been around for a few years, it's kind of the gold standard. It's a good toy. I'm just going to put it out there. It's a great toy. The Sola Sync is another one. Now, this is one that has an interesting shape. It doesn't really feel like a traditional wand vibrator because of the way the head is shaped. It's almost like... It's an external palm-sized vibrator on a stick is sort of how I classify it. And it's got a remote control. But this is great if you're somebody that has grip issues, if you have reach issues, if you have a disability that makes holding a toy at your genitals difficult. The Sola Sync is great because you can just find a position for it, kind of lay it there, wedge it in there, whatever, move it a little by the handle because it's a really long handle, and then just hold the remote and control it like that or get the remote to your lover. So that's what I like. You know, whether whether you have reach issues or not, it's a great toy. But again, it doesn't quite feel like a traditional wand vibrator. It feels like 
you know, a, a circular external vibrator on a stick, if that makes sense. The absolute favorite wand vibrator that I have, and it was, it was such a favorite that they actually did a press release when I was like, this is my favorite. They wrote a press release. I was in all the trade magazines saying, I love this vibrator. It's the BMS Palm Power Rechargeable. And it's not a traditional big wand. It's a little tiny mini wand, but they have attachments on it. Just like most of these wand toys, they have attachments that can make them go internal for G-spot play, um, for penetration. So it's just attachments you put over the head. And so does this toy has attachments as well. It's just so powerful. And the vibrations are so awesome. Again, there's not a one size fits all toy, but this one's pretty fucking good. I'm just going to throw it out there. All right. So now... What if you like penetration? There's all sorts of different things you can use. So first of all, if it's specifically G-spot play that you're after and you're like, G-spot play, what? I don't, I don't get G-spot. I'll give you the quick, quick rundown. All right. So the G-spot is an area of erectile tissue that's about an inch inside the vagina. It's up on the anterior wall, meaning it's towards the tummy. So if someone's in front of you lying on their back, you feel up with two fingers and if they're aroused, you will feel a hard mass of tissue that's kind of ridged, like run your tongue over the roof of your mouth. You feel those ridges. They have ridges like that. That's the G-spot. And I say, if it's somebody aroused, because on some people, you can feel the G-spot all the time, whether they're aroused or not. But on others, you go in there and you're like, there's no G-spot because they don't have their internal heart on, they're not aroused, so their G-spot isn't pronounced and prominent, and you can't feel it. The Enjoy Pure Wand is a toy that I absolutely love for G-spot play. It's a hard metal toy that looks kind of like a comma with a bulb on one end, a big bulb on one end, a small bulb on the other. You can use whichever one's comfortable. And that gives your G-spot the hard, steady, shallow pressure that it needs to do its thing. Any other similarly shaped toy like the Jopin Comet, that's another one that's great for G-Spot play. And that one, they have a vibrating version. Um, the Jeju Jiki, which I think they still make. I don't know. It's, that's always been around a while. It might have been discontinued. Um, but those comma-shaped toys are great if you like G-Spot play specifically. But what about other internal stuff? There's all sorts of things. Like Uber Rhyme makes some great... Uh, silicone, like fantasy looking dildos. Tantus makes a bunch of great quality silicone dildos. The Fun Factory Tiger dildo is also one of my favorites. And well, I had a little toy testing party with people with prostates, people with vaginas. And we did like, you know, like the blind taste test Pepsi Coke challenge, but we did it with dildos. And the Fun Factory Tiger dildo won it all hands down. It's a great toy. If reach is an issue, let's say you have a bigger body or a disability, uh, there are a couple of toys that have sort of a handle. One is the Tantus Echo. That has a handle on it, which is great. So it just makes it easier to maneuver. Another thing I suggest is most strapless strap-on dildos. Fun Factory makes one called the Share. 
The thing is, if you just use it alone, the little bulb that's supposed to go inside a partner that's supposed to be fucking you with it, that suddenly turns into a handle. And not only is it a handle, it's a handle that's curved towards you so you can reach it better. So that's another good tip. If you're into penetration, however, the Fun Factory Stronic dildos are kind of awesome. Some better than others. And again, depending on your anatomy, like I didn't like the Stronic Dre, but most reviewers absolutely loved it. I also did a video on the Stronics that I am going to put in the show notes. There's another great toy I want to make you aware of for people with trans cocks. Buck Angel has made the buck off with Perfect Fit brand, and it's basically a stroker for what is an enlarged, you know, formerly clitoris, whatever you want to call that part of your body. Um, but I, you know, I haven't used it personally. I hear you can use it if, even if you're not on testosterone or you don't have an enlarged clitoris. I haven't personally used it, but look into that. It's the buck off by Perfect Fit brand. Okay, so, oh my God, this is a lot. It's information overload, right? Well, we're not done. (laughs) There's something else that's really, really important when it comes to picking sex toys. And I don't care what kind of sex toy, what kind of genitals you have. um, It's the material of your sex toy. Now, I have some feelings about sex toy materials that may be a little bit of an unpopular opinion. All right, so there are some materials that are generally considered, quote, body safe. They're non-toxic. They're also non-porous. Well, why do we care if a toy is porous? Well, big reason. Toys that have pores, little tiny microscopic pores, you don't even know that they're there. Well, they can hold bacteria. So that bacteria, you know, after a while can build up and it can give you an infection. Let's say, you know, you have a toy and you keep just... You know, you have toys you use, but you keep getting this reoccurring yeast infection. You know, you think your yeast infection is cured and by God, two weeks later, it pops up again. And you just keep, you can't seem to fight it. You just look at your toy because you might be reinfecting yourself and re-giving yourself that yeast infection because those little microscopic pores in your toys are holding on to that bacteria. Holy hell, right? Well, that doesn't happen with everyone. Okay, in a perfect world, I would love everybody to use non-porous toys. So non-porous toys are uh, metal, glass, most forms of silicone. And I'm going to give that a caveat because there are some things that claim that they're silicone because, you know, okay, the FDA doesn't regulate sex toys. So sex toys companies can say, oh, this is made of this and that. Oh, yeah, this is 100% pure silicone. And it's not. Okay. So take some of what you hear from sex toy companies about materials with a grain of salt. This is why I really put a lot of stock in what company I'm buying from. If I know I'm buying from a name brand company that really stands by their products, I can't 
necessarily guarantee because you can never guarantee, but I can be 99.9999% certain that they're not lying to me and they're really standing by their products. Or if it's more of a kind of, you know, a shadier company or a company that does also produce a lot of non-body safe toys, I might question that a little bit. So silicone in most cases is non-porous, but maybe not in the case where it's a super stretchy silicone. Um, You know, think of Kegel balls that have that like string retrieval string on the end and you can pull it and it's almost like a rubber band, stuff like that, that's going to be porous. So glass metal, generally silicone, hard ABS plastic. So what the WeVibe Tango is made of, that hard, hard plastic, those are all non-porous. So you can clean them, you know, whether it's you put them in a bleach solution, like a 10% bleach, you know, mostly water, a little bit of bleach. Um, You can put some of those toys, as long as they don't have motors inside, you can put them in your dishwasher, top rack of your dishwasher with the hot water. You can drop them in boiling water and clean them that way, which is really, really cool. So now let's talk about porous toys. There's all sorts of different ones. You know, there's TPR and TPE. That stands for thermoplastic rubber or thermoplastic elastomer. And those do not generally, I'm not going to say always, do not generally, at least the ones these days from reputable companies contain toxic materials, um, but they're porous. So, hmm, is that bad? Well, a lot of people would say, yeah, that's totally bad. This is the way I look at it. If you can afford a toy that is non-porous, more power to you. Go for that. However, I know some of us don't have a lot of access to sex toys. Maybe we can't order online. Maybe we don't have a lot of money. Maybe we're on a super tight budget. Maybe we're broke as fuck and we're scraping together our last $15 to have a little bit of fun. Um, I lived with very porous, awful toys, like toys that are made of jelly rubber is what they call them. And those likely do have toxic materials in them. I used to use them and I used to feel like a burning sensation. Those jelly toys contain plasticizers called phthalates and those are toxic. They're really bad for your body. And side note, phthalates aren't only in jelly sex toys. Phthalates are in the plastic wearer that you microwave your food in. They're in your deodorant. They're in beauty products. So if you really want to fall down a rabbit hole of, holy shit, everything I use is toxic. I'm going to die in this horrible, horrible world. Start researching phthalates. But I digress. In my opinion, everybody should stay far, far away from jelly toys. And these days, it's a lot easier. A lot of companies have stopped making them. And if you still have a jelly toy from years ago back in the day, I'd be really surprised because most of them have like melted into weird plasticky gelatinous lumps in the back of our nightstand drawers because jelly's just that yucky. These days, a lot of the budget-friendly toys are made of TPE and TPR. But if you're like, well, wait a minute, I thought that was bad because it's porous. Okay, yeah, but there's a bunch of caveats here. So first of all, know that if you get a porous toy, even if you're one of those people where you're like, I've been using porous toys forever. I never get yeast infections. I never have problems. I don't know why you're telling me not to have this kind of toy. 
great, more power to you if that works for you. But know that one, that's a possibility. So as long as you know that you can make informed decisions about your toys and your body, and two, know that those toys won't last a lifetime like some of the non-porous toys made of silicone or metal or glass, etc. Now, with that being said, I don't want to take your TPE and TPR toys away from you. And if those are the only toys you have access to, hey, have Adam. I find a lot of people who say, throw your poorest toys out in the garbage, kind of take a classist and elitist stance on things. You know what? Some people can only get what they can get. And if it makes their sex lives enjoyable, then have fun with it. But one thing I will suggest if you do have problems with your porous toys, or now that you know about porous toys, and it's like ruins the moon, it's just not sexy knowing all that bacteria can be growing in there, get yourself some condoms, get them at your local health center for free. If you're a university student, go down to the student health center and grab a bunch of condoms and put them over your porous toys when you use them. And that'll solve the problem. Now I'm going to get to lubes. And these are really, really, really important, super duper important. Okay, so there's four basic different types. There's silicone lube, there's water-based lube, there's hybrid, which is a cross between silicone and water-based, and there's oil-based lube. All right. Um, Again, unpopular opinion here. When it comes to water-based lubes, they say you always should get a lube that is free of glycerin and free of parabens. And I agree. If you have access to that type of lube and you can afford it, Absolutely. Get lube without glycerin and without paraben. So that's lube from a sex shop, things like Sliquid, uh, you know, the, the good premium brands. It is not the KY Jelly that you get at the Walgreens. The, the KY Jelly and the Astroglide that you get at the Walgreens, the water-based stuff, has parabens, has glycerin. Why is this bad? Well, they're not good for your body, first of all. Secondly, glycerin is sugar, bad, Can, yeast infections, all sorts of things. But wait a minute, if you're like, I've used the KY jelly from the Walgreens for 10 years, I've been What's Why are you making me get rid of my lube? I'm fine. I've never had a yeast infection. I don't have problems. You know what? More power to you. If you've been using it and it's not bothering you, great. Knock your socks off. Just know if you start to get infections, you start to get irritated, look to your lube. That could be the culprit. But again, if that's the only thing that you have access to, I would rather have you have lube than try to use spit because spit's just not lube, right? So water-based lube is great for toys, all sorts of toys, any kind of material. Uh, There's a drawback though with water-based lube. Even if you get one without parabens and glycerins, it tends to dry up. Do you ever use lube and it's like, it gets gummy and starts to dry up. It gets real sticky and you're like, what the hell? Water-based lube does that. It's the water that, that evaporates. You can rehydrate it by not just putting on more lube because then when it dries up, you have like the concentrated muck left over and then you're left with a sticky mess after you reapply a few times. So instead of applying more lube, apply more water because you're replacing the water that evaporated to the sticky that's left over. And that actually might do you better than just piling lube on top of lube. 
Silicone lube, I fucking love. I fucking love silicone lube. It doesn't dry up. It doesn't come up. It's hypoallergenic. It's just, it's great. But people are like, you can never use silicone lube with silicone toys because there's this horrible chemical reaction and, you know, planets will fall out of the sky and horrible things will happen. Not necessarily true. Granted, at one point in time, it was true. That's when a lot of the silicone toys were made with not really all silicone. They kind of told you they were all sorts of different things, but they were mixed with this and that. And same with the lubes. They weren't good, pure lubes with just, you know, two, three ingredients in them. These days, things are made of better quality. So the general rule of thumb these days, and I've talked to chemists at sex toy companies and lube companies, like I'm not pulling this out of my ass. The general rule of thumb these days is if you have a quality silicone lube and a quality silicone toy, most of the time, you will be fine. I personally only use silicone lube and I only use silicone toys. I've never had a problem. However, that is not to say that you won't have a problem. It's your mileage may vary. You very well may find a combination of silicone toy and silicone lube that react with each other. So just know, you know, this is edge play right? Silicone and silicone. It could backfire on you. I mean, so far I've been good, knock on wood, but just know that. Now, hybrid lubes, it's a cross between silicone and and uh, water-based. So you get the benefits of both. It doesn't dry up as fast like water-based, but there's a lower silicone concentration. So you're more likely to be able to use them with silicone toys and not have that rare mishap happen. Also, silicone lubes tend to stain sheets and clothing and stuff. Hybrid lubes are less likely to do that because there's not as much silicone. And now oil-based lubes. As a general rule of thumb, with very rare exception, don't put oil in your vagina. Coconut oil. Mm, A lot of people are like, coconut oil is the best thing ever. There's some new research that has come out. You know, a lot of people say coconut oil is good because it kills... um, you know, the bacteria for yeast infections, like it actually can help clear up your yeast infections. And there's been some scientific studies done. And it turns out now that yes, it kills that bacteria, but it also kills the good bacteria too. So you may not be great using the coconut oil in the vagina. Again, I'm one of those people where I'm like, if that's the only thing you have and you haven't had a problem, I'm not going to be the lube snob and be like, no, you have to save up your $22 and go buy a bottle of, you know, whatever, liquid silver or wicked or what. Do what you got to do, but just know, be informed that if there is an issue, it very well could be your coconut oil that you're using as lube in your vagina. And one other thing to note, if you are using oil-based lube, I don't care where you're using it, vagina, ass, whatever, if you are using latex condoms or any kind of latex barriers, oil breaks latex. So that's a big no-no. Another toy that was all the rage a few years ago when Fifty Shades was big were Kegel balls. And they're still pretty popular. And basically, these are two balls that are stuck together. It's usually a set of two that are stuck together. And inside the balls are another little two balls. So when you shake them, you hear them like rattle around. And then there's a string on the end. So you're meant to pull put these inside of you like kind of like a tampon. 
And when they sell them, they say like, oh, they're going to give you the best orgasms. And oh my God, they're so great. And so they were capitalizing on, there was a scene in Fifty Shades where she wore them when he was spanking her and she could feel them vibrating. And oh my God, they were so great. Um, Fifty Shades is fantasy and, and it's just fancy and it's not a good representation of reality for lots of reasons. And the Kegel ball thing is one of many, many reasons why it's not a good representation of reality because yes, Kegel balls can give you good orgasms, but it's usually not like, you know, right on site, right then and there. They're not necessarily used as sex toys in the moment in the act. They're more like barbells for your vaginal circuit training. So what I mean is um, you've heard of the Kegel exercises where you squeeze and let go and, you know, your, your, um, your pelvic muscles, your pubococcygeus muscles, your PC muscles. So you squeeze and let go and squeeze and let go. And when you do that over time, over many weeks, you know, you do it every day or every other day, it will eventually make your vaginal walls a little bit stronger. And that makes, you know, when your pelvic floor is stronger, you, well, it helps with incontinence issues. If you're a sneeze peer, um, when your muscles are more responsive, it can make orgasms happen quicker. It could make the orgasms you do have stronger. By the way, society has all told us we're too loose down there and everyone's a hot dog down a hallway. Not true. Uh, most of us don't need vaginal toning especially if you're younger, you haven't had kids by vaginal birth, that sort of thing. They have us doing these Kegels and sometimes they can do more harm than good if you're like overworking those muscles. But let's say you are someone, you know, like me, I've had two kids, vaginal births, I sneeze pee, I know I need a little work down there, right? You know, can use a little toning. Um, then I might be someone who's a candidate for Kegel balls. What you do is you put them in you like a tampon and then you go about your day. You know, you go do laundry, go for a walk, whatever. When they're in you, those little balls jiggling around kind of fool your muscles, right? Your muscles feel the jiggling and your muscles, they're not very smart. So they think oh, there's something in me. It's jiggling. It feels like it's falling out. I'm going to tighten up now. And then your muscles contract on their own. So it's like you're... It's doing your Kegels for you, sort of. Like you're doing them and you don't even know it. And then when the balls stop moving, then your body's like, well, whatever that thing is, is gone now. I guess, guys, you can relax. And then the vaginal muscles relax. And then you walk and they jiggle again and they contract and then they relax and you contract and relax. And then just like the Kegel exercises, you wear those Kegel balls, you know, day after day or every other day for a number of weeks. They will eventually tone your muscles in the hopes of you having more frequent orgasms, stronger orgasms. But don't buy a set of Kegel balls as a gift or for yourself thinking we're going to have a hot scene like Anastasia Steele in Fifty Shades of Grey because that's not what they're for. So be aware of that. Last thing I'm going to talk about is butt toys. I'm going to I'm going to gear this towards people with vaginas and vulvas that have butts, so not prostates cuz I could talk for a whole another hour about prostates. Maybe we'll have Ken do that. Let me know if you want Ken to do a prostate uh episode himself. Anyway, so when it comes to butt toys, there's all sorts of different things. I'm going to give you the general butt primer. All right. If you don't know how big of a toy to get, use the finger method. So this is, if you can take one finger in your ass or something the size of one finger, get a toy that's one finger wide. So a very small, slim plug. 
If you can take two fingers in the butt, get a toy that's two fingers wide, three fingers, etc. Usually like, you know how your eyes are too big for your stomach when you're really hungry and you're at the buffet, your eyes are too big for your butt when you're at the sex toy store looking at butt plugs. Like that's just the way it is. So do the finger method to to figure out what size you need. Now, when it comes to butt toys, as we always say, without a base, without a trace, if you do not get a toy that has a flared base, it can get sucked up in there. And I'm not kidding. Don't think like, oh, yeah, I saw you see those coffee table books, right? With the x-rays where it's like people have a light bulb up their butt and a little action figure up their butt and a Coke bottle up their butt. And they're like, I fell. I just fell on this dildo. I don't know how it got here. I just sat down and it went in my ass. Well, we all know what you were doing. And it's perfectly fine. But next time, do it with something with a base because butts are really hungry right? They just suck stuff up there. And it's like quicksand, you know, in the old movies, the quicksand and you can't get out. It's like, it just goes right up there. So make sure you have a flare base on your toys. Now there's one thing that I was just recently reading on Twitter. Uh, and I forget who it was. If I figure out, I'll give credit in my show notes. I can't remember who said this. And I'm so sorry. But the butt plugs like the metal butt plugs with the pretty jewel on them that everybody wants because they're so fucking cute. Um, they're called the, that category of toy. They're called a princess plug. It's not a brand name. It's just like the classification. If you look at the jeweled base, it's not very big. And that base is about as wide as the widest point of the butt plug. And if you get the butt plug up in there and your, you know, butt's a little open, that plug can go right up there and they have a propensity. Those plugs, even though they have that jeweled base, they sometimes still go up there. So be aware of that. Somebody needs to make a princess plug with like a long, like a almost like a oblong kind of jewel. That would be pretty, pretty cute. So maybe I'll work on that. Look for the Megatron princess plug coming to your butt in 2019. But in a nutshell, when it comes to butt plugs, it really is all about the base, about that base. So you have no trouble. It was too good to pass up. Sorry, don't kill me. Holy shit. This was a lot. I took part of my Pleasure Toys 101 class and mixed it with part of my G-Spot and squirting class, but you didn't get any squirting and mixed that with part of our um, Pleasing the Pussy class, but you didn't get a whole lot of pleasing. You didn't get any of the cunnilingus, any of that stuff, but I just took those parts and mushed them all together. Oh God, there's one more thing though. Okay. Please do not buy your sex toys on Amazon.com. Do not buy them on eBay. Do not buy them on AliExpress. Do not buy them on Wish. Don't buy them on any of those types of websites. Why? Okay. You know how there's like counterfeit purses and stuff, you know, and uh, a few Christmases ago, they had these hoverboards. They were all the rage. Everyone was buying them on, on Amazon, right? And a lot of them were made. They were like knockoff weird hoverboards from some nameless, you know, company in China and they were pretty cheap. And then suddenly, remember, you remember in the news, suddenly, like the week or two after Christmas, everyone's houses are being set on fire because these things are bursting into flames while they're being charged overnight. And there's a reason for that. They were made with shoddy, cheap materials. The same thing happens with sex toys. The counterfeit sex toy business is huge. One example, and I'm, I'll put a link in the show notes. I actually wrote an article about this. The the Magic Wand, the original Magic Wand, the huge popular vibrator that everybody loves. They're all over Amazon. Like 95 to 97% of the Magic Wands on Amazon are actually fake counterfeit 
wands. And if you take them apart and you look at the innards, it's not the same mechanism on the inside. The the knockoff ones that have the same packaging, they look exactly the same. You'd never be able to tell they weren't the real thing. They're not only not as strong, they burn out. I have so many people who are like, oh, mine died after two months. I've had people seriously set on fire like while they were using. I'm not kidding. So know that it's not just the magic wands on these websites like Amazon, eBay, etc. It's other uh, popular toys as well. So I say as a general rule, unless you can 100% confirm that that manufacturer actually has their own Amazon store, like you navigated to the Amazon store from their website, do not buy your sex toys on Amazon. Please buy them from reputable dealers. I know it's going to be a little bit more expensive, which sucks, but there are a lot of sex toy companies that have like, you know, the under 30 section and peepshowtoys.com has one. I want to say it's like under 50 or under 30. Um, uh, I think Epiphra and Dangerous Lily have a couple of articles on their website where it's like our favorite 30 toys under $30, that sort of thing. Um, and then look for sales. I am going to give links to every single toy that I talked about in the show notes. And those are going to be not only discount links. Um, I think I'm going to give every link. I'm going to link to lovehoney.com. They have almost everything. And when you use the link that I give you, you will get 15% off that shows up in your cart. As long as you navigate from the link that I give you, which is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash lovehoney15. So then you it'll come up like you're a friend of Sunny Megatron, and then you get the discount in your cart. Um, as well, you know, places like Lalo.com, I have a discount code Sunny for 15% off, S-U-N-N-Y. Again, I don't recommend the Sona. And I really don't recommend the Hex condoms either. That's a whole nother story. But I have a very love-hate relationship with Lalo. Some of their products I love and some of their products make me want to choke them. Um, but the, again, that's a whole nother story. And if you want to buy from a smaller company, something that's local, you know, feminist, woman-owned, queer-friendly, that sort of thing... I love Early to Bed in Chicago. And if you buy online at Early to Bed, which is early, the number two bedshop.com, use the code SUNNY and you're going to get 10% off. And that's a small local business, which is really cool. Also, I did want to throw out there that every link that I gave you on this episode and everything that's on americansexpodcast.com or sunnymegatron.com, they're all affiliate links. What that means is for everything you buy, we get a little bit extra. And that doesn't mean you pay extra. You actually get a discount and we earn a little bit. So if you're looking for ways to support our show, this is a great alternate to Patreon. You just go ahead and buy stuff for yourself, get a discount, and we get a little something too. So thanks for that. Oh my God, this is so much. And there's so much more I wanted to tell you. But hopefully this primer comes at the right time. <laughs> so anybody who sends me a question over the next couple of months, and I know there's going to be dozens, I'm going to direct you to this episode. Um, so hopefully, you know, you find something you like. And what I'm going to do on our Reddit or subreddit, which is, um, you know, reddit.com slash r slash American sex podcast, I'm going to open up a thread where we can talk about these sex toys. Or if I didn't answer one of your questions, or something I said made you have more questions, we can go talk about that in that subreddit. So all of you who has a lot, 
all of you who celebrate the holidays, I hope you have a very, very, very happy holiday season. And you know what? If you don't celebrate the holidays, more fucking power to you because I'm sick of this shit. Uh, have a great December, January, February, etc. Until next week, we're going to be back with our interviews. Take care, American fuckers. And, uh, you know, happy sex toying. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.